You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Andrew, are you just sitting there? No, you're good. You're good you're, are you going to be in this? No. Okay, cool. No, because it's just going to be you guys at your own. Perfect. So just do an intro and go for it. We play music? I never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this one, do you want music or no? That's up to you. Yeah, okay. why not? Okay. We're just going to make it okay. what we normally do. Excited. This is my first guest in here. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. happy to be your first guest. That's so it's exciting. All right. It's usually just me and Andrew shooting the shit. <laughs> <laughs> shooting the shits. Can I get a picture with you? Yeah. I love how clear it sounds. Yeah, it's crystal clear. Ready? I feel like you played this one last time. I love it. (laughs) Hello, everyone. This is Shalina from Shall We Toke? Thank you for joining me today. We are hanging out in this hot, hot weather. But today we actually have a lovely guest on my show, my first guest on in this uh, radio station. Um, Davion Hayes. Yes, correct. How are you? I'm good and yourself? I'm doing well. Talking to the mic so they can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Davion, Davion, Davion. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know. Where do we start, Shalina? Where do we start? Where do we start? So we well, thank you for reaching out to me. Um, you know, I I like to I'd like that you, you know, will that you like, you know, reach out to me about your story and you're like, listen, you know, I wanna talk about it. So I really like I well, I didn't really want to look too much into it. I know you you know, because I wanted to hear it from you. Okay, I like that. So I was like, I looked a little bit, I glanced at what you had sent me, but I was like, I want to hear, like, because I just, like, he's so, like, I would have, like, never, you kind, what you told me was shocking. Yeah. And I just, and I kind of Googled a little bit, but I didn't, I want, again, I wanted to hear from you, but, like, it was so, I mean, you tell me. Well, introduce it, well, say hello. Hello, so, hello, everybody, I'm Davion, um, and I'm here with the lovely Shalina. <laughs> I reached out to her. She's, I'm in the cannabis industry as well as she is, and she's also an attorney. Mm-hmm. And an injustice has been done, and you going through law school would know more than the average person about an injustice or right or from wrong legally. So I said, you know what? Um, I'm going to LA next week. I have to be there. And we reached out, and the stars aligned. It, mm-hmm. it just, uh, it happened. So here we are to talk about um, what happened. So I spent 4,539 days in prison for a crime I didn't commit. 4,000, so how many How many years is that? 12 years, five months. 12 years? 12 and a half years. Wait, oh my God, so how old were you at the time? I was 23, 
and I got out one day before my 36th birthday. Wow. Whoa. Just my birthday, or just which day I got out on? I don't know. If you could just say. 420? Yep. <laughs> my dad well, out that's on 420. A, okay, 420, what year? 2018. 2018. Oh my God, you a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And my birthday's 421, so it was like the best gift that God could give me back was I got out one day before my birthday. Wow. And so you, okay, let's backtrack a little. Talk to me. You grew up where? I grew up in Inglewood. So oh, so you're from L.A. I yeah, think you did tell me. Yeah, you told me that. You told me you're from L.A. And you ended up moving to San Diego recently? Or well, just when I got out of prison, I right. got released to San Diego. Right, but, but had you lived there before? During the summer with my family. I would go out there in the summer uh, okay. after school, spend summers out there, and then I would live ah, back here. San Diego. I love San Diego. And Del Mar. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Del Mar. Del Mar yeah. Have you ever been to the racetrack out there? A few times. I'll really? Yeah, I will show you. Oh, opening my God. days, I would never miss another opening day. Really? The best. The best. Oh, my God. That's like my one dream. Like, I need to go to you a have horse. To, it's something that I feel you have to do. You have like, to experience it. Yeah. Do you like, so you like horses then? I do. Yeah. Very I cool. Do. Very cool. Okay. So then you, okay, let's backtrack. Okay. So tell me, you were, so 23, mm-hmm. were you, you were in college. No, you graduated. Were you, did you go to college? I was going to a trade school. Okay. I was going to ITT Tech. So I was going Wow. That's crazy. I saw the news this morning. But yeah, I was going to ITT Tech. And um, yeah, I was pursuing. And I was also at the time working as a uh, as an armed security guard. Wow. Okay. So you were like doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing stuff. Yeah. And that was out here in? Los Angeles. Correct. Los Angeles. Okay, uh-huh. cool. So you're, okay. And then walk me through. So then what happened? Like. Okay. So, um. <clears throat> It's May 15th, 2005, and it's my uh, my best friend. It's his birthday, and I'm talking to him about secret here. We're going out to go celebrate his birthday. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he says, hey, look, we're going to be cruising up and down Crenshaw. Let's go get at some girls, have a good time. I say, okay. Uh, my mistake is I had a red jacket on. So we're going out there. We're having a great time. I have a red jacket on. You have a red jacket on. Yes. Interesting. And That's significant, I feel. So that jacket drew the attention of people that did not like red. And Got it. So we are a... And remember, I'm an armed security guard, so I had a registered weapon. I did have my weapon on me. So mm-hmm. you know Sunset Boulevard, how crowded it is, like cruise right. night? So we're like uh, three cars mm-hmm. of us, and none of us are gang-affiliated. My buddy, he's uh, into real estate. My other buddy worked at a casino. My other buddy at Saks Fifth Avenue. So, and myself, none of us have any criminal background. We go out, we're having a good time. We are coming up to Chris Burger, and there's about 100 guys out. Mm-hmm. Guys aren't feeling my jacket. Uh, I try to use diplomacy. Hey, sir, no problem. I'm taking my jacket off. Had I been Daniel Philly, I would never take my jacket off. I'm taking it off. I'm trying to use diplomacy. That's not working. Um, the guy, one of the guys pulls out a gun, fires at me. Out of self-defense, I fire back. Four or five more guys start firing at me. There's a total of six guns being fired. One from me, five from them. And it was all over, Shalina, in under 10 seconds. So wait, so you're an armed security guard mm-hmm. and you're wearing a red jacket. No, I'm not at work. I'm celebrating my friend's birthday. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. But right. you, what you, okay, you were armed? Yes. Got it. And then, interesting. So you're basically saying because it's, you know, bloods and crew. Right. LA okay. is so, especially for a young black male in the inner city. Right. And this is like the heart of it. Right. Which is like, I mean, you're saying, I mean, anywhere in LA. But anywhere. like, and it's, you don't really think about that, but like you being, you know, a black person, like you're wearing a color like that and someone else sees you, they're going to be like, oh, this person's affiliated with that. Right. It's and, like, I'm trying to match. I'm matching. And no, you, LA is so territorial or color coordinated. Color coordinated. Yeah. You know, yeah, you probably have not to, just for clothing. <laughs> yes. You got to know where, you know your surroundings and what you're wearing because last thing you want to do is disrespect. Uh, and you know what's weird? It's it varies in different like cultures, mm-hmm. and it varies in different like 
like for you know for you it's like wearing certain colors can be affiliated with something it's like for women in certain cultures like if you're wearing a certain outfit it's you're affiliated it's viewed as this way you know and like it's so crazy that it kind of varies on what culture what person what demographic of people you're in so you saying i'm wearing a red jacket like it sounds you know like oh that's not not that important but it's it's obviously important because it's affiliated with something right where someone in their mind assumed right that oh this is what you're affiliated with exactly okay so a misunderstanding tried to use diplomacy talk my way out of it but it was just uh it was no the guy just didn't want to talk anymore once he pulled out a gun and pointed and pulled the trigger he left me no choice so out of self-defense i fire back so we pay a defense team i go to jail we pay a defense team 200k it did nothing for me um absolutely nothing okay i <clears throat> get a guilty verdict that's how i end up with 150 years to life um i get a new defense team no new evidence no new witnesses just a fresh set of eyes and people that actually did their work and actually did the work. Mm-hmm. Um, ballistic shows that my bullet didn't hit the guy. He was killed by friendly fire. Okay. So if I'm in, why am I in jail for a murder that I did not commit? Wait, so this is through, backtrack a little. You said that you had a defense team. Yes. They did the first time. You got convicted. Nothing, nothing for me. And then what happened? You said during what? So then after I got my, um, after my first defense team failed me, mm-hmm. I immediately hired another defense team. And this know. is after you were convicted? Yes. Yeah, so okay. as soon as the verdict came back. Got it. So the verdict came back in August of 07. Okay. Immediately, sentencing was going to be October of 07. So I immediately retained new counsel. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar For with, li- oh, I'm sorry. with James Blatt. Doesn't ring a bell. He's out of Woodland Hills and he's a Okay. Um, Very cool. <laughs> to get a retrial. So to argue a motion for a retrial. Okay, so okay, I guess what you're saying. So then during he, the appeals process. No. no oh. This is. Before I'm sorry. The, I'm thinking. Um, so no, I'm still in the county jail at this point. Got it. So okay. The appeal process starts once you go to the state pen. Once you. Right, right, right. right so I, you're still. Oh, that's right. You hadn't been sentenced yet. No, I haven't been. Exactly. Got it. So okay. After sentencing. Got it. So, got it. Uh, I immediately retained new counsel, and it took. Um, Three years from 2007 to 2010 to finally get sentenced. So I sat in the county an extra three years after my... In the county jail? Yes, ma'am. Right here in downtown LA. Okay. Three years after the verdict came back. So the judge, we had so much grounds for appeal, but the judge wasn't willing to correct himself. So he said, you know what, Mr. Hayes, I'm tired of this case. Let appeals deal with it. Sentence me. Uh, Sentence you right then and there. No, once he denied the motion. But right. It so took what him three was? Years. Well, okay. So after three years, mm-hmm. so in those three years, so the, you said that the verdict came out, and then three years you were just waiting to be sentenced. No, we were still arguing why my trial was such an injustice, but the judge allowed it to happen, and he wasn't willing to correct himself. So it took judges above him that said, "What the hell was going on in this lower court?" And they reversed it. That's why that reversed so fast. People tell me that um, my case got reversed extremely fast compared to the charges I had and um, it never made it to the Supreme Court it never made it to the federal level it was a straight shot like it went right here on um, what is the courthouse the Ronald Reagan building in downtown LA the Ronald it's the federal court the court of appeals or the court of appeals in it's the Ronald Reagan courthouse in downtown LA what do you know what street I don't want to look it up I don't I know the stand the the Stanley Mosque one, that one's on Hill, I believe. <clears throat> the Ronald Reagan one. If it's a, f- um, no, I the only federal one court I know is the one in Pasadena. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know what? I left my paperwork in the car. Yeah. Um, I brought stuff that I want to show you. Better. I brought yeah, everything yeah. in black and white. That way, I can show you. Yeah. What I have to tell you. Wait, is that the one that you had emailed me? That was. So I have stats of it. That was yeah. just some. That was just a little tip of the iceberg. Okay. wow it's amazing amazing okay so tell me then okay so three years went by yes ma'am and then so finally the judge said you know what i'm tired of this case um 
let the Court of Appeals deal with it, and he sentenced me. So <clears throat> right after the he denied my motion and I knew I was going to prison, Mr. Blatt wanted to do my case, but Mr. Blatt's expertise is trials. And had I got a new trial, I would have, of course, went with him. Uh, now it was like I'm growing upstate with 150 years. I need the best appellate attorney that I could possibly get. So my cousin and I actually got on Google went to jail, so I remember this. And uh, we found Mr. William J. Copany. And Mr. Copany was the best appellate attorney in Southern California at the time, mm -hmm. Orange County. And uh, it was amazing that he even took my case because he said normally he only goes by referrals only. But... He took an interest in it and he took my case and uh he got a reversal. He got wow. a reversal. And this was <clears throat> twelve uh April fourth, two thousand thirteen, my case was reversed on appeal. Okay. So two thousand thirteen. And mm -hmm. then what happened for five years after that? Well, first, so I came back to the county jail. Um by the way, I've been to a county jail a couple of times for a client. The worst. Oh my god. The worst. Is it like I mean, is it similar to prison? No. Prison's so much better. Hold on. I was prison not expecting is, you to yeah, say that. No, I was expecting I you to say, oh my God, like it's 10 times right? worse. Shalina, you're, no. don't even, what? Shalina, the county jail is by far the worst place that you, people. I beg, believe that because I. They beg to go to prison. Like, wow. But why? What's the difference? Well, for one, um, you go outside every day. So you see sunlight. Got it. Jail, you don't do that. Once a week. You go outside once a week for three hours. And I know isolation can really kill a person like that. Yes. And mentally. So, would like if someone was in isolation, mm -hmm. would they be able to step out? Uh, inside of a cage. So you have a cage. Look at how, do you hear that? Like cage? You literally have a cage uh, with a pull-up bar and a dip bar inside of a cage smaller, about the size that you and I are sitting the distance. And that's your recreation you could just do you can't even do a pull-up i mean a push-up in there you could do squats a dip or a pull-up but you cannot plank all the way out and that's how small the cage is that's just like it's inhumane oh it is and it is. it's like okay if these people committed to this or if people are this bad or whatever it's like is this the kind of facility that helps people get better i don't think so like no no. I mean, there need, I know that there are certain people that are trying to do prison reform and they need to start implementing that. But it's just like <clears throat> after visiting one, you know, I just it was to the point where like it was getting depressed. Like I remember being in the attorney booth and I was like, oh, my God, I need to get out of here. Yes. Like after a couple hours. And like I felt so bad that they had to go back into like a cell. Yeah. And not only that, they had to go back into isolation. And yeah. I'm just like. I was just remember at one point I was like, oh my God, I was looking around and I look, cause it's like the stone walls and you're just like. Yes, concrete walls. The concrete walls. Gray, gray walls, that's it. It's literally like what the movies look like. Correct. And it, you know, the way they designed it, they really, it's like the, the chairs, everything. It's very uncomfortable, very depressing. And I remember just thinking like, this cannot be normal. And a lot of those people in there, I mean, I'm sure as you probably saw, like mentally are not there yet. It's like, they're not Oh, not, I'm not saying all of them, but like not all of them are just deemed crazy just because they have a mental illness. You know, sometimes we need to help these people get better, not just injecting them with like pills and uh, or injecting right. them with, with, you know, stuff pills. and then also shoving pills down their throat. Like yeah. that's that's not a way to get them to be better. And you can kind of see in their interactions how they're just so like they're they're whacked out on like the, the pills. Like they're oh. so they're like it's like they're they're um, <laughs> sedated in a way. I've seen to it. calm them down. I've seen it. Yes, Shalina, this is it's scary, but it's so true. Um, you know, people are already stressed out because they're away from their families. They're living in an uncomfortable environment, and they're fighting a heavy case. Mm -hmm. So people are trying to escape reality by any means. So you see people take get on pills, and it's just a it's horrible. I mean, it's just horrible, but. I would think the worst thing about being incarcerated would be, at least in my personal experience, is being surrounded by a sea of ignorance. Just, you're just... What do you mean? <laughs> All right. I vividly remember I'm on my way to prison. And this one guy just got arrested, or he was on his way to prison, too, for bank robbery, doing 17 years. 
and he was already plotting. He knew what he did wrong. He was already plotting his next robbery before he even set foot in prison. He's like, I know what I did wrong. This is how I'm going to do it next time. A sea of ignorance. That's what I mean. Just <laughs> no, I don't know, no, just normal conversations. It's very, it's far and few in between. Everything is either pimping, game banging, just everything negative. So there's no positive. So you have to, I did a lot of reading and I got close to God and you have to find that, that ray of light mm -hmm. otherwise because you are surrounded in darkness. Um, God is so real. I mean, that's oh, how I feel. No, 100%. I, mean, just, I believe that. And the fact 100%. that, and when you're in there, mm -hmm. they do like, I mean, I really thought about like, what else are you like going to be focusing on? You've not like, it's you and God. Like really yeah. think about it, your family's not going to be there with you. Mm -mm. Like, yeah, your the pictures are there. You can call them that one hour you get. Yeah, you have a window. I and they don't that. even tell you. I noticed in the county jail, it was like odd hours. They were giving the person to call me. Like, just like, a, like it, there's no system for it. They don't care. They don't, they make up their own rules. Like. And the prices, Shalina. The prices. Yeah, I was getting charged like 20 yes. cents. I was like, oh, yes. get money on your books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Um. <laughs> So easily, uh, I'll just give you a, throw a few prices out there. Um, to talk to my family from the county jail, my family lives in Inglewood, and I'm in downtown. That's not that. To talk every day, twice a day, for I don't know, a twenty minute conversation was a hundred bucks a week, easily. Are you kidding? Easily, and we did that every week. That was easily a hundred. Um, noodles, uh, so a top ramen noodle which normally goes for what five for a dollar uh one of them last time i left was a dollar 19 per noodle wow so per it's five noodle? times five times what you guys would pay so it's like a price gouging that's the word i'm looking for wow it's part, you, you take full advantage you take, and you don't have any control in there like you don't have any i that i think that's what also really really bothered me was that i was just like like i even at one point you know i feel like you know, not that you have a disagreement with with the, with the sheriff or something like that, but like, who's whose word is it against? Who? It's just me and them, yeah. and they go, and this is their house. Yeah. So you yeah. and you feel that when you're there, you oh. feel like you're entering their facility. That's and the I, mentality. They yeah. let you know it's not a welcome. It's hey, not. They let you know. No, it's a. You I mean, entered. Dude, they tell us nose and toes to the wall. <laughs> like nose and toes. To the nose wall. and toes to the wall. I didn't actually see like how bad they treated people, but I could only imagine, like. Just from even what they say, like, you know, they're, they're not, you know, you can see that maybe people are just being paranoid, but you can kind of see that, like, certain officers, they do treat, you know, the, the patients really, or the inmates really bad, you know, they do. And some of them don't. Some of them treat them. Right. Not all of them are, are horrible. Absolutely. I met some super cool uh, deputies in the county jail that were, I mean, I was there for seven and a half years, so I, people would see a familiar right. face. Did you stay in the same facility? or did No, you? I was all over the county. No, Got it. Yeah, I was all over the county. Wow. So I did most of my time in the county in a couple years in prison. But Wow, what what uh, prison? Which one? Uh, I was at High Desert, Ironwood, Tracy. Uh, yeah, I started off at Tracy. Then I went to High Desert, which is... Uh, by the not too far from the Oregon border, which is the worst prison in California. Why? 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 Why is that? Well, that's where they send people with the um, <clears throat> the worst charges. And okay, so like Pelican Bay is slammed down. There's no movement there. It's pretty much slammed down. Uh, Where's Pelican Bay? That is in Crescent City. Where's Crescent also City? Also by the Oregon border. <laughs> oh, way, way up. up. Okay. Way, way. So it's kind of like Alcatraz status. Yeah, similar. Because that's. In, well, San Francisco. Way north of San Francisco, but right. But is it like in the middle of the water like that, or is it just... No, 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 no. Oh, it's okay. right on the bay of the water. It's oh, right okay. on the bay of the water. Still. But yeah, it's not in the middle. <laughs> People um, still. So then, uh, but High Desert is just a horrible, horrible place. I mean, when you walk in there, like you say, the presence, and it's just... Uh, that prison has had more lawsuits than any other prison. Interesting. Like what do you mean? Just, uh, they do what they want up there. I mean, high desert, they do what they want. And they it's don't like, follow the rules. Right. And it's like, who, who, like, when you think about it, in an officer thing, who are you going to run to? Right. 
these people run it. I mean, it's crazy, Shalina, just the things that, um, I mean, just, yeah, the things that I've seen in there, just the mentality. And when people that just have no hope, no release date, mm-hmm. because with the amount of time that I had, well, obviously no release date, 150 years, they're not going to house me with people with traffic tickets. So I'm housed with people with, I mean, one guy had 400 years, another guy had, I mean, it's people with. It's like made in a way where it's like you're not getting out. But it's like, okay, so what were what some of these, like, crimes? Murder? Oh, majority was pretty much a uh, murder. Okay, so you were convicted of murder. Yes. And What degree? To attempt, first degree. First degree, wow, that's... Premeditated, first degree. Premeditated. That's how they labeled it. So they labeled it. it like you literally, like you knew these people. Right. That's how they tried to make it a gang. Was to, it, though? Any, no. There was so none, not even to, on their side? N- well, they are. They're getting Oh, them. okay, okay. I'm not. They tried to mate this case. Got it. That's wh- how my rights were violated. Wait, wait. I, I forgot. Did you say that you were you, you and your friends were out that night? Yes. So how many people? So I was in the car with my buddy. Uh, my friend was in front of me, and I had a friend behind me. So, and you mean the same car? No, we were three oh, cars. three cars. Got it, got it, got it. And it happened when you were in the car? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. that makes you even more so like. So they tried to make it a drive-by. And it's just, that is not the case. You said Sunset and... No, 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 no. It was on Crenshaw. Before. Crenshaw. Oh, that was on Crenshaw. But similar, you know, Sunset traffic is like... Stop, oh, got bumper it. Bumper to bumper. I don't yeah, know if yeah, you've yeah. ever been on Sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was one of those nights. It was a um, cruise night and you just... You couldn't go anywhere. Interesting. You couldn't go anywhere. Crenshaw and... Stocker, Vernon area. Okay. Are you familiar with that area? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, you <laughs> you wouldn't think that, that by looking at me. I know. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> Am I familiar with that area? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, my sister actually lived at uh, Ladera Heights area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, so, the the, yeah. So, I'm frequent there. Well, not nice. that much, but nice. I like it, you know? Ladera Heights is beautiful. It's nice. Yeah, it is. It's actually a really nice area. I went running in that area one time. I was like, this is very nice. See? Look, look at all these apartments. And <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ask me. I, know you I so just think questions. it's just like crazy that so first degree they're basically saying that you guys planned this. Right. Okay. So then you said that the the bullet was found to be not your bullet. Right. Ballistics came back. Well, the guy. Yeah, he was killed by friendly fire. Is what they said. It. If he it, was killed by friendly they fire. Call it friendly fire. I've never heard of that. Okay, so that's a term when. The same team or the same side. Let's say like we're shooting and you run in front of the bullet or I run in front of your your line of fire. Okay. So the guy that was shooting ran in front of the line of fire and he was hit by one of his own friends. So Oh, okay. he's saying that you're like oh I see exactly okay. okay. There's six guns being fired. One from me, five from the crowd. If my bullet then killed the guy in the crowd, the only other logical explanation is he was killed by friendly fire. And the caliber that he was killed with, definitely, it wasn't my caliber. So it didn't it didn't match. So wait, you're saying that the person, it was in his, hmm? his, his line of... Exactly. Wait, how could that be, though, if it's parallel to him? Or is it if it's next to him? So if 50 people are standing outside and start shooting, people are running, scrambling, I guess the shooter... Was this guy driving? He was driving. No, no, no. These are guys that are on the street. Got it. There, it's a crowd of about 50 to 100 people. So imagine a crowd and five people out the crowd are shooting at the car that I'm in. Oh, my God. Out okay. of self-defense, I'm firing back. Got so if it. So my um, projectile didn't kill the guy, why am I in prison for a crime I didn't commit? Okay. And they started to realize that. And at that point, um, they couldn't file because the only thing I was guilty of, what my attorneys were telling me, was a CCW, which is carrying a concealed weapon, and um, discharging a firearm. CCW is a misdemeanor, and discharging a firearm, uh, would have took one year. We, we were going to plead seven. It's like standing outside in your backyard and shooting the gun. I mm-hmm. think it was we were going to plead seven years, one year per bullet, and um, time served because I've already been in 10 to 12 years at that point. But... Uh, the statute of limitations already passed, so they couldn't just recharge me with anything. So if I'm not guilty of murder, I'm not guilty of attempted murder, and my bullet didn't kill the guy, 
Only thing that I was, quote unquote, guilty was discharge on a firearm. But at that point, they couldn't just file those charges years later. Mm-hmm. So why am I in jail? So they started to realize that. And that's how I went from 150 years to freedom. And that was in 2013? That's when the case got reversed, but they got didn't it. let me out until 2018. Why did it take so long? Because I pled, um, I pled soldier. When I first came back to my appeal, mm-hmm. I came back uh, to the county jail and they said, no deal, uh, you're facing 25 to life, we're going back to trial. I said, okay, as soon as we're gonna start trial, that DA passed the case to another DA. I did a new DA, she looked at it, she offered me a deal, she said uh, 15 years, second degree manslaughter, I mean, second degree murder and 10 with a firearm for a total of 25 to life. I said, there's no way in hell I'm going to take a deal of 25 to life. So then she passed the case. So then my third DA um, looked at the case and she was making threatening remarks and said, you know, even if Mr. Hayes is acquitted, we already got 10 years out of him of incarceration. I'll show you that. It's like salt on the wound for you to say that, Mm -hmm. knowing that I'm innocent. Right before trial, she passed the case. So like my attorney said, they're passing this thing like a hot potato because they have nothing. So by the fourth DA that I finally got, um, they came with the deal. It was uh, 15 years without the L. Um, what did I plead? I played 11 years for the no contest to manslaughter and eleven and four years for a firearm for a total of 15. So I did 12 years, 12 and a half years on that. So that was the deal. That was the deal, but that deal was under duress. So this is why my Got attorneys it. are trying to, all I seen was like finally light at the end of the tunnel. They're like, dude, do not take the deal. You're innocent. I'm like, so it was either- Wait, who said this to you? My attorneys. Okay. So it was either go back to trial if I win, I sue, I become a millionaire. If I lose, I spend the rest of my life in prison or take this deal now and guarantee you go home. So I was like, you know what, man, forget all these games and stuff. So I just had to go back for an extra two years after I took the deal. Okay. <laughs> Where did I lose you, actually? No, you didn't lose me. This is just, like, insane that... This is the tip of the iceberg, like, the stuff so- that... I'm sorry. No, no, no. Tell me. Oh, no. Just uh, this case is just the craziest case. Like even my uh, my uh, private investigator, he was just recently telling somebody that out of all the thousands of cases that he's ever done, my case is the craziest case that he's seen that stood out the most to him. Craziest why, though? Things that happened, um, the way that things happened. Uh, like the way that the the like the criminal system right so you're an attorney um i'll just give you an example so one of the guys that got shot once he got shot the doctors quote unquote pulled the bullet out and handed it to him as a souvenir (laughs) and why would that that would never like lapd i mean you're supposed to have uh uh it was just things like wait you said who took it out Oh, the doctors, when they removed the it. The doctors took it out. And they handed it to the patient or the victim, alleged, as a, if you But why, shot. though? Exactly, Shalina. I can't make this stuff up. I'm like, I'm that's kind of, that's like evidence. Exactly. Hold on. It's <laughs> so the, what the, so the doctor, that's kind of, I don't know. I've never, like, so what happened to the doctor? Shalina, I can show you better not to tell you right here. Um, what are you showing me? My mic is. That's a doctor? No, this is my PI where he was just. Uh... Private investigator? Uh-huh. I want you to see in there he explains when the bullet was taken out. Having fired the gun. The problem is that five separate weapons that we know of, again, sometimes, and, and for an example, in a case where somebody's using a revolver, it doesn't leave casings behind. So somebody could be firing a gun and, and there's nothing remaining to show that. And in this particular case, the, the kid that got hit that died was shot in the neck, and it was a through and through. He didn't go down. 
He went and he jumped in his cousin's car who drove him around for 10 minutes trying to take him to a hospital, but he didn't know where a hospital was. His cousin wasn't from the neighborhood. And he brought him back to the scene and physically like just shoved him out because the police and paramedics were there. Just shoved him out of the car on the ground. So again, when he, when they ultimately track down the car and they find out that he's got a gun and he's fired the gun and, you know, but there were casings that were left behind. I believe one casing they found of the two shots, one ended up in the car. The kid who was driving the car, his car was hit with two separate bullets and the police went after him for the murder. Now, again, if you have no trajectory, you have no projectile, nothing was ever recovered from the kid that passed away. And understand, I'm very sorry about the kid that died. Another kid was shot in the butt. The projectile remained in his rear and nobody ever bothered to try and go in there and get it to identify what gun that was at least fired from. And, and the other kid was shot, I, I think he got hit in the back and was a, a paraplegic in a wheelchair so the problem was when we by the time we got involved now again this is harlan braun the family had contacted harlan braun the kid had a an appellate attorney uh william copany who got this reversed and got davy in a new trial the problem is that that uh, copany had passed away in the interim but harlan and i took the case over and i investigated reinvestigated what i could of the case and one of the issues is that the father of the kid who was a, a paraplegic handed the LAPD a bullet fragment and claimed that a year after the fact, the doctor had handed him, well, I shouldn't say, so he's saying at the time that they removed the bullet from his son, the doctor came out and said, here, this is what caused it and handed him a bullet fragment. A year after that, this guy goes to the police and said, here's the bullet fragment that the doctor gave me. So here's the fly in the ointment. Number one, it doesn't work like that. The the person who's in charge, this was at Cedar Sinai, the, the person who is in charge of their security unit is a former LAPD homicide detective. I had worked with him in the past. Um, I contacted him and he said, absolutely not. That's not how our process works. If there's a bullet in a body, it's gonna be investigated no matter what. The doctors know if you extract a bullet, he's there. At, at the surgery, he takes that bullet and it's got a whole process before it gets turned over. The bullet had blood on it. Before they tested the blood, they could have swabbed it to see if it even came from this kid. And in fact, here's the irony, the ballistics person they use, who is now my ballistics expert, her husband is head of serology for the, retired now, but at the time was head of serology for the LAPD. So it's not like if somebody gives her a bullet she doesn't know where to go to have the blood swabbed off and tested to even confirm whether it came out of this this individual. So again, as things started to mount, we were able to prove that, okay, he fired a gun, but it doesn't mean that he hit anybody. The other four guns that were identified through what's called NIBIN, it's a national gun base, um, when they get a re when they recover a when they recover a uh, casing or they recover a projectile, if it can be identified, it's entered into Niven, tantamount to like fingerprints are entered into a computer. Anyway, short version is all four of these guns, these these remaining weapon parts, whatever they were, whether they were projectile, were identified as being used in other gang type shootings and other police reports. Davian had absolutely no criminal history i think a speeding ticket or you know uh, exhibition of speed or reckless something and that was it and the fact is that they just targeted him because they found somebody who was there who had actually fired a weapon the bullet fragment itself was out of a glock and glocks have what's called um can't believe i'm drawing a blank glocks have a, a specific type of rifling which is not lands and grooves it's like taking the metal and just physically twisting it so you don't have the lands and grooves drawn a total blank on what it's called anyway neither here nor there we were able to prove that it wasn't davian plain flat out whatever we were ready to go to trial and the da came along and instead of acknowledging that they made a mistake the lapd instead of acknowledging that they may have been wrong that they just offered him to do three more years and so you know he's a sweet kid with a great family didn't want to put them through the nonsense so davian took the deal
against my better judgment, against Harlan's better judgment, but I get it, you know, bird in the hand. You know, they insisted he was a gang member. I I mean, it was just the, the case was so incredibly screwed up by the LAPD. They surveilled him for weeks and didn't find anything. And, you know, yeah. that was my favorite, probably my favorite. And to this day, he's out. He's out now. He is out, yes. Great news. Yeah. Great news. Yeah, great kid, great family. Well, Scott Ross, I appreciate you sharing. Scott, who, Scott Ross is the private investigator, mm-hmm. so and he's a uh, Bill Cosby's, uh, Chris Brown, um, Sylvester Stallone, all the celebrities that you, he's the best PI that you could get, and he took my case, and he's the one that got the, uh, so the lawyer uh, just does the legal. Scott actually went out there and saw that those guns that were shot at me actually came back to other crimes. Uh, Scott? Just, yeah. Scott did all the homework and just brought irrefutable evidence that's like, look, dude, you guys got the wrong guy. Oh, like they're saying that the bullet didn't come from your type right. of gun. And your gun was what kind of gun? I had a lot. And what kind Glock. of gun did they have? Oh, they had different calibers. But which had. one was the one that killed him? I don't remember, but it wasn't a lot. It was the rifling of the bullet when they pulled out. So it's like a stamp. Like It's like a stamp on a... The stamp didn't match mine. Every time you shoot, it's like a, it leaves it. a stamp. I've shot a gun at the gun range, mm-hmm. and those things are powerful. Yes, they are. And, like, even carrying it and just, like, I was like, and you kind of get that pullback. You feel it? Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't, like, a rifle. It was, I think, what's the block? It's just a block. I don't know if guns that well. Smith & Glock? Wesson. Is it a Glock? Glock Is it a black uh, regular gun? Well, it's a standard, but it could yeah. be a Smith & Wesson, HK. Probably. They're, I mean, they're, they're badass, but, yeah, they're scary. Yeah. Like, I was a little bit intimidated. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did you, was it a pretty big round? You were probably shooting. I remember just, like, firing and just, like, Uh whoa. Like, I I think I just wasn't expecting that. Like, that's a, I mean, it's kind of, like, cool, but it's, like, what you can feel the, because you have to hold it tight because it's, like, when you fire, then the bullets splat everywhere. and. It's crazy, isn't it, Shalina? It's, um, it is crazy. It's crazy. Just, when I sit back and just think of all the, I mean, they threw everything they had in the Shalina, like everything in the kitchen sink and nothing stuck. That's why I was like, God is good, man. God is for me. You know, it's <coughs> it's not surprising with the LAPD because it's like, I mean, I actually interned at the DA's office when I was in law school mm-hmm. for a couple months. It was just something not that big. Nice. But I just remember, like, it was very, um, like, I mean, they were nice to me, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I was an intern there. But, like, I could just feel that they're very LAPD cop, you know, they're very cop loving, you know, the, I remember, you know, just, you could just see all around the DA's office. You could just see that they're supporting I mean, them. Shalina, when I, uh, when I went to trial or right before trial, oh yeah, I'm in trial. So it was just like, everybody was so familiar with everybody and it was Oh, wasn't what even, do you mean? Like the- Oh, okay. So like I all the in, DA's? The judge was- Friends with the DA. They were right. oh, okay. high five hugging each other. My attorney and the DA clearly were, it was just like such a shit show. Uh, my private investigator, not Scott, love you, Scott, <laughs> the one before, uh, and the homicide detective, they would just shake hands. You know, that's, but that's common, I feel, for that. Because, like, when you're in that space, you see the same people, you're walking through the courtroom halls and all that. So, like, I get that. You know, like where they know each other. I mean, it's better than them hating each other. True. But like, they that in a weird way, like sometimes that that but can. What if it's at your expense? Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm seeing it from the the attorney standpoint. You know, just because I understand like how the dynamics are. Like the so DA, I, like I I was when I had to get a plea bargain for my one client. Like I was sitting across from the DA, and it was just having a conversation. And I was just like, I went in there thinking like I'm gonna have to like really fight for this, but it's. It, I guess when you're doing it for so many years for them, it's just like, it's very common to have that rapport, right. whatever right. you guys can say. Rapport, right? Yeah. The the cordialness, but the cordialness, it, right? It seemed over. Oh, like, okay. Um, like it was weird. It was blatantly obvious. Oh. Like, either my attorney. Okay, so the judge gave the DA every single thing she wanted. My attorney, I came to the realization, I had to come to this conclusion, because I've seen cases that he's done in the past and work that he's done. So I said, either I have to 
dumbest attorney in America, or he just laid down all cards. I mean, never came to see me, never filed any motions, never, never contacted witnesses. You. I have witnesses that are ready, like, hey, have your defense team call me. Like my friend, for instance, um, she's Persian. Uh, she's from the Middle East. Nice, okay. And uh, her and I are doing a picture together. And they said that Davion's in the picture with the Mexican gangbanger. Wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It, it's that part, exactly. And Wait, let's like, backtrack. Okay. Your Persian friend from? From San Diego, my childhood Oh, okay, friend. okay, okay. So we're doing a picture together, taking a selfie. Like where? You're, give me some At the house. Oh, At the okay. house. And we're doing a West Side. Like this is when West Side Connection was all big and oh, okay. Ice Cube. So we're doing this. And they said that Davion is throwing up a gang sign. You, when you say they, you're saying the DA? They, the DA. Oh, like look, finding a picture of you from the past. I was convicted off pictures. They had no evidence. I don't hang out with gang members. I'm not a gang member. Listen. I have no tattoos. So do I know people that I grew up in the neighborhood with? Yeah, I know people, but I never made that mm. choice. You're hanging out with a Persian girl. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, I'm an Indian girl. Like, right. like. USC, right? I don't really know how many gangbangers I was hanging She's out a with. pharmacist in USC. So, how do you know her? Like, through through my cousin. That's my cousin's. Oh, okay. Friend. So, so, it's like, yeah. So, but like, you're hanging out with, like, I mean, race has something to do with it. But I see what you're saying. Like, you're just hanging out with someone and. Well, no, what I'm saying is how the DA just made up a case labeling. They right, labeled, labeling. her a Mexican gang member. Oh, they labeled her. Where she's like, she wanted to defend herself to get on the stand. Like, wait a minute. I'm a USC grad student, a pharmacist. I'm not Mexican. I'm Persian. And she was going to come and speak Farsi. She was going to come and speak Farsi. But my defense team never contacted her, felt that, ah, don't worry about it. They didn't contact her. Right. So she's blowing my phone up or my family like, hey, I'm here for Davion. Have you recently talked to her? Yeah, we talked. So things like this is uh, things like this that happened, but Shalina. You know, I've heard stuff like that where the defense team like doesn't reach out to, you know, certain w- key witnesses. Cool, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of like a, there was this big podcast a couple of years ago, and um, it was about this guy and not um, Adnan. It was on Serial. No, I've it was like the first like I, this was like I was obsessed with podcasts. Was, I mean, it's like 2014, I think, but like it's been big for years, even recently. Like mm-hmm. people still listen to the episodes, but it's kind of like a mystery, but, like it. You know, similar situation. He was convicted of a crime that he didn't commit, and they were trying to make him out to be this, you know, like based off of the fact that he's Muslim and, you know, oh, that he like killed her. He was 17 and he had an girl, Asian girlfriend, and he, you know, was made out that he killed her. Oh, wow. And he's just so, you know, regular, you know, I mean, I, I felt for it because I'm Indian. So it's like that, that could happen to like my brother. Like that's, and, you know, making out a story based off of things you put together, not calling key witnesses that could. And that's what happened. Someone, it was like her name, uh, I think her name was Aisha. And she was one of the witnesses that she kept saying, like, I want to tell my story now. But like back then they didn't call her. And she was like, I was with him when that, when they're saying that he, you guys say that he committed this crime. Anything that can help you, they're not going to use. Anything that's against you. But that's where they're your defense team. So my defense, he didn't fight for me. He didn't fight for me. So that's what I was saying. Either he was the dumbest attorney in America or he just laid down. We paid him 200000 and he did nothing for me. Not even they came to see me. So uh, I had a gang expert who could actually prove that I'm not a gang member. Her name's Kimmy. And Kimmy actually <clears throat> came to visit me in the county jail more than my first defense team ever did. So mm-hmm. she showed me more about my case and she got paid the least. Mm-hmm. And she did the most for me. And she was never called as a witness. She too was sitting in the stand. And so really I had no defense. I went in there just... And that's the result you got that I got, but um, got the right defense team, and these are the results I got. And that's like nice to hear that, like, you know, you never. It, it's good that you didn't give up hope. No. And that's what I think. Like, I mean, you saying even having faith in God. Yes. Like, tell me, like, I mean. I got you. We only have a couple of minutes, but I want to okay, hear this because okay. I know, like, I for me, I feel like we don't, people don't want to talk about that. They think okay. it's like, and, and that must have been a big factor in your life. I mean, <clears throat> you clearly, you're, I mean, now you're working as in the cannabis space, you're a bud right. tender. So, you know, you're still, you're, you're, you live in your life. You're, you've, yeah. you've picked up your life. I mean, it's a, obviously there's been a struggle. Like, we can't deny that you, your life was taken from you, you know, part of your life. You still have a future. You're young, you're young enough. To where you have a future. 
it was crazy. So when I came home at 36, I did the math. It was like for every two days I spent in freedom, I spent one in captivity. I spent like a third of my life at that point. But yeah. So wait, so tell me then what made you find that belief like? Okay. So um, it's crazy that you ask. Uh, I grew up in a family, like upper middle class. We never, ever, uh, my dad's an engineer, retired. Mm-hmm. My mom's a nurse. Wow, okay. And, um, so engineer I never nurse. I never ever wanted for anything. You know, their whole right. thing was just make good grades. And they always provided for me, so. Right. We never had God in our life. And people used to tell me, like, hey, Davion, you need a, you need God. Like, mm-hmm. Wait, um, people like who? Random friends. So let's say, Shalina, you invite me to church. Oh, your friends would invite you to church. Right. So let's say you invite me and okay. I would go. I would go, but physically I'm there with you to support you as a friend, but mentally and spiritually I'm like not there. Because you didn't grow up going to a church. Correct. I had the opposite. I went up, I went to a Christian school and I was, I, I'm, I'm Sikh. So I, I had both. Oh, wow. So I was going to temple every Sunday, doing Punjabi school, like learning my religion and everything. And then uh-huh. at the same time going to Christian school. So I was like heavy every day we had chapel and all that. So it's interesting hearing it from you. You're like, yeah, my family, we didn't have any. Yeah, so we never. Um, so I remember when I went to jail, um, this one guy, he said, Youngster, you're finding a heavy case. And he put a Bible in my hand. And ever since then, that was December of 2005. I never put the Bible down. I was like, you know what, God, if you're real. I so this help. was before? No, this is why I'm in jail. I went to jail in November of 2005. So I'm oh, one month okay. Fighting oh, for my okay, life. Okay, okay, okay. And um, so he gives me a Bible and I start to read it. And, um, you know, I was at a crossroad with my faith because when I went to trial uh, and the verdict came back, I'm like, God, if you're real, why? Why? You know I'm innocent. Mm-hmm. You know I'll see y'all. You know I had no intent of. So my, uh, my faith was on the rocks because I was walking with God kind of new and, um, I remember the passage. It was a uh, Proverbs three, five, and six. It was like trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. I'm like, God, I don't know what, but I'm gonna trust. It was either put the Bible down and live life without God, or I don't know why this verdict came back, but I'm just gonna draw near, and I chose to draw near. And interesting. I uh, became a Christian October 28th, 2007. I remember in the county jail, I got on my knees and wow. prayed, and. Uh, I mean, the things that have happened in my in my life, it's no coincidence. Like mm-hmm. the, the people that I've come into with, the 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 timing, the people you met, the people that what I happened, met, yeah. And even even now, Shalina, I mean, life is even life is great now. It's it's doing good. But I definitely believe in God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And it wasn't always like that. And my family, they started to see my faith, my mother, and mm-hmm. it drew her closer too. Interesting. So yeah, so it's like a reverse. Exactly. Even this morning, I mean, read my Bible every day just to give. I love that. Every day, I don't. Every day, Shalina. Oh my God! You know what's crazy? I I don't know if you have the Jesus Calling book. I do. Oh, you do. So I I missed today, and I haven't (laughs) missed. But now that you said it, I know for a fact. Like God's like listening. He's like, girl, go read your book. It's the orange one. It's the the orange. It's like the brown one. Yeah, yeah. I was. Someone gave that to me. Someone gave it to me. Wow. That's crazy. Wait, who gave that to? Like, like just my friend's mother. She didn't know that I was a Christian. She was ah. like, wait, she actually personally signed it. So I got someone personally signed it too. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and I, it it came into my <laughs> life at the time that I needed it. Yes. So I 100% understand, like, and even when I, like, miss a day, like right now, like I usually like it in the morning, mm-hmm. you feel kind of off. Do you, I don't right. know if you feel no, that. Right, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like your shield of faith. It's like your, your faith. Yeah. Your, your protection. I see that, like, my grandma, she, like, every day reads her like the um, part of like the Guru Granth Sahib, I think, mm-hmm. which is like our holy book in my religion. And uh-huh. I've never like without fail, like it's a, it doesn't matter what goes on in life. Doesn't matter. It's yeah. just without fail. And it's like, I sometimes I feel like, man, I'm so like horrible. Like I miss a day. Don't feel horrible. But like, I mean, yeah, I know the feeling but that you, we beat ourselves up. But right. we're, we're our worst critic. But yeah, if I do a day without, I read Psalms 91 every morning. What's it, Psalm 91? It's like a protection prayer. So actually... Tell me it. My friend's mother, she uh, told me to pray that every day. And I've been doing that since about, I don't know, 2008. Mm-hmm. She was telling me to pray Psalms 91. I've been... Pray Psalm 91 every day. No, she was telling me to like read that in as your morning prayer. 
Okay. So I've been reading that. I need to write uh, that down. Psalms 91. Just say. Psalm 91. Yes, ma'am. This is very famous. That's amazing that we were sitting here talking about. I didn't think we, but you know what? Sometimes you never know who's listening. Amen. And like, I, like, I don't even, I don't, I don't ever think anyone's listening to my stuff, but like, I just feel like, like, I don't talk about it enough. And I feel like it's, sometimes it's nice to hear. Absolutely. Nice to talk about it because it's like, we talk about the universe, but I think sometimes people are afraid to identify that as God, you know? That's crazy that you said that. Yeah. Why? That's crazy because uh, I actually got a text today when somebody was saying that. And I told him the same thing, like just what you said. So it's like no coincidence that I got a text today about that. And um, wow. What does it say? Are you able to read it or no? Yeah. Or is it like personal? Uh, if it's personal, don't read it. Nah, well, it's a little, well, he has a little profanity in it. He's actually. Read me Psalm 91. Okay. I'll read you Psalm 91. So this is um, <clears throat> So it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I might trust. Surely he will deliver you from, and I would say, uh, Davion. I would just pray this in jail. Like, surely God will deliver Davion from this. I would put. Oh, you put your name. Interpersonal. You would say I would make it personal. Right. You wouldn't say me. You would say your name. Right. I made it personal. Yeah. That's what uh, I remember a pastor was telling me. That I was like, man. So be specific. Everything. Yes. Be specific. And, and we forget to do that. We think we're not worthy to say. Our words are powerful. Yep. Yes. Our words are powerful. So uh, surely he will deliver you. So I will put Davion. I would read that from my prison cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the snare of the father and from the deadly plague, which is kind of like COVID-19 now, the deadly plague. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the calamity that destroys at noon. Though a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right side, no harm will come near you. You will only see with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling, my refuge, the Most High. No evil will befall you. No plague will approach your tent. He will command his angels to serve you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so they will not strike you, your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. And like, because he, I will put Davion, because Davion loves me, I will deliver Davion. Because Davion knows my name, I will protect Davion. When Davion calls out to me, I will answer Davion. I will be with Davion in trouble. I will deliver Davion and honor Davion. With a long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So... Wow. Being in there, being in riots, I've never got any scratches on my face, but you will see a thousand on your left about just the chaotic scenes. But You feel like God's protection over you. A hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent. Without him, it would have been, oh, Shalina, when we talked, I mean, so many stories, like, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I mean, this is our first time meeting, which I'm, you know, friendship only continue to grow, and I want to know uh, more about you. And absolutely. I, that's yeah. insane. Like, again, your story is just... It's crazy, but then it's like having that faith that you were gonna get out, which I don't, I can't even imagine if you're in your in a place like that, like yeah. how to just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like I can't even me just living the life I live sometimes like you know you become in your own little world like of oh poor me poor me, but right, it's like right. you when I hear things like this, it puts it in perspective of like Shalina, knock it off like. Well, that's you know? why you know um, I used to complain, but I don't like sitting in traffic. Right, it's no problem. Like man, I'm. You think back, I got friends that are sitting in a jail cell right now and wish that right. they could have these problems. So when I start to complain, I just got a Right, perspective. Perspective, yeah. That's so true. When yep. I sit in traffic now, I'm like, you know, it's something, there's a reason why I shouldn't be there all the time. Let me yep. just enjoy the ride because me rushing, me possibly hurting someone or right. myself, it's just not worth it. Yep, yep, yep. Davion, this was amazing. Thank I'm you. so thankful you came out and we definitely have to do this again. Absolutely, um, I would love to and thank you for having me. Thank you so much and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. You're Hopefully welcome. we can dig deeper into it soon. So. Of course, of course. Thank you. You're welcome. Everyone, is there a place where you can find pe- people can find you on social media? Oh yes, uh, Davion underscore Hayes. 
Awesome. That's my Instagram. Awesome. Uh, and then you can also find me at Shall We Toke, S-H-A-L-W-E-T-O-K-E. And that's also shallwetoke.com. Email is esq at shallwetoke.com. Thank you guys for joining our sesh today. Thank you, Davion, again. I appreciate you. See you at the next sesh. Yes, ma'am.